Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Believe in Navy Football podcast. I'm your host, Bill Wagner, longtime sports writer with the Baltimore Sun Media Group and the Capital Gazette newspapers. And I'm joined by my co-hosts, Eric Catani and Keenan Reynolds, former Navy greats, played in the NFL. Uh, guys, a tough one. As, uh, looking back at the SMU game, we're going to review the 31-24 to loss to SMU. Rather disappointing because we all felt the offense had turned the corner after the performance against Central Florida, and the offense took a step backwards. Um, the Navy scored two touchdowns early on the second and third possessions of the game, and from there out, uh, four punts and two turnover on downs in the final six possessions of the game for Navy. Things really looked bad in the second half, a lot of three and outs. Um, you know, the the post game was what Coach Niamat said was that SMU lined up and said, you know, basically a lot of times, and Keenan knows this better than anyone, teams will do, do these mess charge and all sorts of different things to try to confuse the quarterback, you know, confuses reads, maybe cause offensive linemen to not know exactly who they're, they're blocking. Coach Niamat said none of that happened. SMU lined up and said, this is how we're going to play. Our guys are well-schooled. They know their technique. They know their assignments. You know, try to beat us one-on-one, -on -one, and the Navy couldn't. However, in reviewing the film, I noticed that Ty missed a lot of the dive key. He was having trouble reading the dive key. And I'll let Keenan talk about that later. But let's just first get each of your thoughts about the game in general, the offensive performance in particular. Oh, man. Um it was just disappointing because the game literally was right there on a silver platter for us to take the entire time. Like that we broke it open, you know, with, with uh, Diego Fago's uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown. Um, and then we, we give it up on special teams, right, right after that. Uh, and, and it's literally been a story all year. And the one game that we won, we scored on special teams. We made play those special teams. The other team didn't. They had shank punts. They had, a, you know, the average had the black kick for a touchdown. And then, you know, I think you can trace over the last three games significant game or let's just look at the season holistically. Every game has been defined by a significant momentum changing special teams play. And the team that has been the, been the best on special teams has been the team to win. And when you get in these close games where you're tied up, where you know, the defense, correct me if I'm wrong, but defensively, we held them under 100 yards rushing. I, the last stat I saw, we were under 100. So, and we talked about how big stopping the run was going to be. So defensively, I felt like they did what they needed to do. They only gave up 17 points. But you have these game-changing plays. And then on offense, you come up short, you know what I'm saying, mysteries like you talked about, Bill. Can't wait to get into that. Um, can't really – make dynamic we just didn't look dynamic enough on offense and it, and it toward the end of the game it got to the point where they i don't know if you guys noticed but they kept running a little follow play now they might have saw something on the sideline but if you think about the game holistically in context of the fact that ty had struggled reading with his read key maybe they said to hell with it let's just take the read key out of it we're just going to try to get our four yards a pop but man that's hard to do play in and play out especially against a team that just says like you said bill we going to play in our positions. We're going to do our jobs. Beat us. Uh, to Keenan's point, Navy held SMU to 80 yards rushing. Um, SMU had 324 passing yards, but 75 of that came on one play. 
the Navy defense did its job. You take away the the pump, the kickoff return for touchdown, and Navy held them to three touchdowns and a field goal. You know, you hold a team to 24 offensive points, and you're you're setting our offense up to win the game. Eric, thoughts? Keenan hit it right in the head. Um, you know, actually watching the film again, you know, two weeks in a row they score on their first possession. You know, last week we fumbled, first play, touchdown. This week, fourth down conversion, huge, you know, with 75 yards. That was just, you know, one of those things that, you know, all the Nate fans were like, okay, you know, here it goes again. But defense played phenomenal. You know, just a couple plays here and there, they played really, really well. And I think I called it out last week. I said, I, I text you, Bill, the pick six. And you're like, no, you're like, it was a fumble. I'm like, I understand. And I, but I did say defense score. I did say that. <laughs> And also, one of the things that Keen and I were talking about was well, my my thing was third and fourth down efficiencies. You know, Navy was seven for seventeen, and fourth down were one and three. You know, they they were two for two on their fourth down. So our offense, you know, I watched the post game um, conference with you know the questions you asked, Bill, and Coach Niemont, You know, said the same thing: is that special teams play the momentum just shift, and that just killed us. And we're not like we're not right there. We're not good enough yet to you know have those mistakes those are big big mistakes and you know hopefully uh you know with a short week uh the guys can clean up first you know it, it might be, be better for one mentally to move on faster you know yes yeah. you know a quick game but, i was just about to say that yeah but physically you know i you know i that, that's that's hard right because you're you're banged you're banged up especially as you know the quarterback fullbacks and you know offensive line is, is kind of getting a little beat up and even you know coach nima talked about our, our two starting quarterbacks right those guys are they're banged up and you know they did a, the backups did a really good job you know for you know being a backup right not the you know perennial starters but hopefully um you know next week with a short week we can turn around and that this is not you know it's not the best team so well i'm going to get to the uh misreads because it was obvious to me watching the film that he he was having trouble reading the dive key and i talked to ty about that today and he said that the dive key was coming up field and then stopping, and he he admitted he 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 it was confusing him. He couldn't tell what the dive key was doing. So Keenan, a little option football 101. Um, what happens there when when you're reading a dive key, and wh wh why is it tough if a guy comes up field? What what why is that fooling Ty? And let's remember Ty is only playing his third career football game, you know, collegiate level. So he's learning these things that you learned over your four years at Navy. Yeah, so a couple of things. First of all, um, SMU is primarily, well, always in, a, in an odd front. So those, what happens when, when teams line up in an odd front, they typically use four eyes as their defensive tackles, which basically means that the defensive tackle is lining up on the inside eye of the tackle, of the offensive tackle. So that means that he's closer to the mesh. And that makes it pretty difficult when he doesn't have far to travel to be in the in the play. Basically, he can make a play on the quarterback or the dive. So oftentimes when we play an odd front team like that and we're having trouble reading the, the, the read key, we block him or we run other plays that don't that take him out of the mix. But interestingly enough, the times where we were able to read it up well, we were able to move the ball. So you're in a position where you have to run that play because it works if you read it right. 
Um, so those are tough, man. And it, it's happening very quick. Like I said, he's he's a four eye and then two, one step and he's already in that in that gray area. And 50 defenses, the tackles are really well known for playing square and trying to come off and tackle the fullback and trying to come off and tackle the, the, the QB when he pulls it. The remedy to that, and Eric will tell you this, is the fullback's got to run through that because the best thing he can do run is through him. run through him. the best thing that the, the best thing that the, the defender run can through do who? The, the dive key? The, yes so you so right the way you right. the way you stop show, that is you show. hand the ball off you yes. hand the ball off and the fullback has to hit it if he hits it he runs through the arm tackle he falls four for four now the re key is like well damn i just tried to play both and i couldn't make the play now i have to commit you have to force him to commit but if you're indecisive if you're not threatening him with the fullback and sometimes you pull it, sometimes you don't. He's just going to keep playing with his shoulder square and make the play on you all day. Yeah. Or he's going to wait to the last minute, and when you think it's time to hand it off, he's going to fall in. He's going to keep playing. A good a good four eyes going to play games with you. So the way you take it out of it is you run you run when you run those plays. Fullback got to hit it, and you got to go. And then it's, when it's, it's time – If Ken says it's, it's, it's a lot easier than it sounds, right? You know, because you, as a fullback, you're, you're trying to brace – you're like, okay, like I'm gonna get hit. I gotta brace. Don't brace, just go run through it. And then he, he's probably gonna swipe through. And if, if the quarterback reads it right, you're gone. You're gone. And then and then there's also a little bit of a sweet science to this whole process. Like it's not as black and white as give it, pull it, right? So you have to understand the length of the mesh. If your technique is right and you start the mesh earlier, that means you can ride the fullback longer before you have to make a decision. And when you have a long mesh, that requires the defensive tackle to make a decision faster as well because now it's, it's sitting there longer. So he's getting antsy. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. So when you, yeah. you have your technique right and you get the mesh point at the right point and you ride it all the way to your front leg, you have a lot more time to see what he's doing. And he'll declare. He's got he's yeah. got a, He has an assignment. His job you know, is to make you confused. Keno's thing about that as well is like one of the things is our fullbacks aren't as stout as what the, you know, the guys you played with, right? You know, like having a big B-back run through someone, it they don't want to hate you for play. After a while, like as a B-back, you know, you get it's, you know body hardening, right? Every season you go through it, you know, you're, you get your shoulders right, your body right, your core right. Those DNs don't want to hit you every play. They're, they're, they're tired. They're hurting too. It's, it's not as easy as it looks for them. And then another thing, you know, to your point, Eric, about the big B-backs, you know that if I miss the read, they always tell you that if you don't, if you're unsure, hand the ball off because we should be able to fall four for three. And then you come back and be like, okay, I missed that read, but we got three yards. So then you come back the next play. And then now you, but see, that's where, this is where the young QBs get in trouble. They come back the next play and say, I'm pulling it. You don't even know what he's doing, but in his head, he says, I'm pulling the ball because I missed the read and handed it off last play. So that's why when I'm saying it's a sweet science, man. Every play is different. Every you got to wipe the slate clean. You have to be you have to be technically sound with the way that you your option mechanics are. And then some of that. What, there's a couple of things that, that Coach Jasper told me about that some of the older quarterbacks did, but he didn't tell me that until he felt like I had a, a 100% grasp of what I was doing. Because you can't implement the shortcuts or the little the, the little subtleties of the footwork until you know what the base stuff is. And that kind of goes back to our conversation with the offense. I can't add all these wrinkles and all these different plays if we can't run our base triple option plays. So there's a lot for Ty to learn. He did miss a lot of reads. I know I'm being long-winded, but as the game as the games progress, as he gets more reps, as he gets more game experience, watches the film, 
sees where he can improve, he'll get that feel and he'll be able to make those reads where it's like, dang, he's making no, the guy can't be right. Like there's no, he can't be right. If you're, if we, if we do what we're supposed to do, he can't be right. Well, I think to Keenan's point, you said that the, it went in doubt give to the fullback because he's a bigger body guy. And he's probably likely to get more yardage. Whereas you're trying to pull the ball, regroup, refoot, you know, this, that fullback's already moving forward. Um, and I don't think that's what happened because Ty Lavatai carried the ball 24 times and he only averaged 2.2 yards per carry, whereas his two fullbacks, Isaac Ruas and James Harris II, only had 17 carries. So that seems out of whack in that situation, as you just described it. Um, and obviously, we also saw that when you don't run well inside, it takes away the slot back pitch because the slot backs did very little, and it also takes away play action. Now, they did have a nice little flea flicker, and uh, – what did you think of that? I was found it interesting that they had the fullback run through and then handed to the slot back trailing behind. Yeah. Any idea why that was? That was a little odd. More, more time. If you get handed to a fullback right there, he's on the line of scrimmage before the quarterback can even get back. Yeah. But at least if you hand it to the A-back wrapping around, it's almost kind of like a pseudo eye formation. So he's got more time to sell it, turn around, and throw the ball back to the quarterback. If it's the fullback, he might be allowed to keep that thing and keep it moving because that's how fast they hit it on, on those inside dots. Yeah, that was, that was a fun play call. It, honestly, it almost didn't go off. It was quick. It was real fast. Yeah, he that was a great play by Ty. Um, just when I watched, watched it and watched it over and over and over, um, his ability to get that ball off accurately was pretty impressive because he took a lick. Do you know what I was impressed with? Uh, our kicker, Nichols. Oh, yeah, 50 yarder. 50 yarder. Like, yeah, we ain't never had that before. Shout also, out to I do want to give a shout out to uh, Scott Strasmeyer and Stacy as well. We've been getting a lot of publicity. I was at the game. Um, and it seems like a lot of people are, are enjoying the podcast. So I appreciate oh, that's that. That's nice. Scott and Stacy for pushing out, pushing out our stuff. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of, uh, of positive comments. People love the pod, they love your all's analysis. Let's just talk about the defense. I mean, go, Brian Newberry, the defensive coordinator, is you know, invented this three safety deal and he keeps rolling with it. And I keep thinking, man, he, he, you know, I, I thought it was going to be kind of like a one or two time thing to surprise offensive coordinators, but he's basically put it out there and said, this is what we're going to do. And it works. It now the whole point of it is to not give up a big play and have the ball thrown over your head. And that happened. And I got to ask coach Newberry, I'm interviewing him tomorrow. How did that happen? Cause that's exactly what that, that uh, scheme is designed to prevent is the big play. But for the most part, against three very explosive offenses, Houston, Central Florida, SMU, the this they did succeed in preventing big plays. It did succeed in keeping the ball in front of the defense and forcing teams to drive the field. But, you know, as we mentioned, you know, they're, they're holding these teams, Houston to 28 points, uh, UCF to 30. Now, uh, you know, 31 and one of those touchdowns is a – Kickoff return. I mean, thoughts on the defense, fellas? Um, I I thought that oh go ahead, go ahead, Eric, because I, I have some criticisms. So I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let uh -oh. you take it. Well, you gotta think big picture, right? Think 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 about what we were talking about after the Air Force game. You know, we were kind of like, what do we talk about? What's going on? This season might be, you know, not what we expect it to be. For us to show up the way we showed up with number 24 in the nation, undefeated SMU. You know, at home, I thought, you know, overall, we, we played a pretty good game. But I was there 
you know, we're up two scores. Like everybody's like, okay, this, this is, we're here. We're, we're back. Yeah. The and crowd then, was into it. The crowd was into it. Everybody was into it. You know, even the players you could see after, you know, the, the, the scoop and score where everybody's into it. So, you know, offense isn't always put defense in, you know, the best positions, especially with all our three and outs, you know, I think the defense has some improvements to do, which, you know, that's every game. Right. But, you know, I think overall I played a good, really good game. Keenan, what were your thoughts? So, Definitely, you know, they made some plays on defense, made some stops, um, got turnovers or turnover. And uh, but my criticism just kind of there were a few plays where we're third and, you know, medium. Right. And we're obviously we don't want to give up the big play, but I just and maybe I need to see the all 22 to kind of see like what covers your plan. But I just felt like the the process of seeing the ball being thrown on a shorter pattern and coming up and making the plate is just taking entirely too long and we're missing way too many tackles with the first man there i, I agree with that if if I you're agree. a corner and i throw a five a six yard hitch and you're on an island and you don't make that play that's a 15 yard minimum gain because the next closest person is probably the safety who's 25 and then everybody running from inside out has to run at an angle to somebody who's already, you know, got the got the got the uh, the angle on them. So I didn't like the reaction to the short stuff. I get why they're back, but when you see it, you gotta go get it. And when you go get it, you can't come in there soft. You can't come in there diving at ankles, trying to look like you know look pretty. You gotta run through the guy. Now I might sound like an old washed up fan, but I'm just saying like. Just based on what I'm seeing as a quarterback, as a as offense coordinator, as an offensive minded person, you're so soft on the edge. I'm gonna dink and dunk you and make you tackle, and 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 dare you to tackle. And then, what happens? What's the what's the response on defense when they do that? We move to like a two deep type of look where you got a, a corner in the flat, and then you got your two, your half guy. So this is what bothers me with some of the two deep stuff. Um, and again, just just taking one play and putting a microscope on it. I've always seen two deep guys. They'll, they will let you throw the flat route. I'm okay. Throw it to the fullback in the flat, but they don't want you to throw that, that corner route in the hole. And I saw a hole shot on a third. I think it might've been third and long, but I saw a, a hole shot that was completed for a first down. And it just got me really irate because I'm like, guys, it's too deep. Like I get you're the flat guy. But you can come up and make that play. Come up and make that play. But don't give them the easy hole shot. Because, I mean, you got to think the, the deep half safety is dropping because they probably got a deep guy. And then you got here, here you got this guy running in the hole. You have to make that, that throw difficult for the quarterback. Now, like I said, I'm taking one play that I saw, putting it in under a microscope. But I just want us to be more reactionary on the edge. It's like come up and make a play. Like you see the ball thrown, go get it. Like don't, don't wait on it to be caught and then try to make a play. Run, make a play as the ball's in the air. But again, I'm not a defensive guy, so I might sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. But that's just what I see when I'm watching and what I'm thinking about as an offensive-minded person. Well, so putting a bow on this SMU game, so we can move ahead and look ahead to the Memphis game on Thursday night. Uh, special teams, you mentioned obviously the kickoff return for touchdown was just a gut punch. It took the life out of the stadium. It took the life out of Navy. It really turned the game around. But there could have been another special teams disaster early in the game, first possession, as a matter of fact. Uh, the, the, the 
punt uh, block broke down. And they were in on Riley Reithman, the freshman punter. And that kid made a heads-up play and tucked so, it. That was not a design fake. So that was a, are you sure I about that? Get the ball blocked, and I got to run. Because I was sitting there, actually. I was sitting there with Dave Mahoney in the end zone. And I was like, this doesn't look normal. The the punter was was, was, was four yards left of the snapper on the hash. It looked like to me like he was going to go rugby style. And the snap came, and there's no way those guys can block him because he's 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 off he's off alignment. So he legit. Do you think the punter made a mistake, or do you think? I, think I, I don't know. I'm not going to say that, but the way that it looked, Dave and I were like, "What? Why is he doing that?" And then the next time I saw a snap, it was exactly where it should be, right behind 14 yards. So I'm not sure if it was you know him nervous or what it was, but it was a good play. Right. Well, I mean, he had to tuck it. I mean, they were all over. They were smothered that punt. And the guy, the guy tucked the ball and ran for 16 yards for a first down. Another yeah. one last thing on special teams, a kid I'd never even heard of. And this this is kind of happening a lot this year. But a kid named Mikel Haywood, a freshman slot bag, he got a kickoff return and brought it back 38 yards, which is the season best. Um, yep. So we're we're seeing a lot of new guys, a lot of young kids, sophomores and freshmen playing. Uh, real quick, before we go to Memphis preview, talk to you guys about Memphis. Um, Chris, what do we got as an, a line for this game? Who's favored by how much and over under? Because uh, we want to talk about betonline.com, uh, our, our sponsor of this pod. Yeah, let me jump into uh, betonline. Uh, yep, uh, it actually moved throughout the date, Bill. Uh, Navy is a 10.5 underdog. Uh, according to the folks at Bet Online, uh, and the over/under is 55 and a half. Well, let's talk about BetOnline.com. Our sponsor is uh, Bet Online is always your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Believe. B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Fellows, Memphis at the Liberty Bowl. Thursday night, short turnaround, as, as Eric mentioned, and Coach Niamat did say, both post-game after SMU and again today during his weekly presser, that the big concern is recovery and how, you know, it. Herrick will tell you, you don't realize how bad your body hurts after a brutal football game in which you're pounding bodies on every play. And it takes time to recover. And, you know, come when you're Saturday to Saturday, you got some time before you're back in it in a football game having to, you know, get hit. But now you're on Thursday night and that's that's always the issue. And Navy's on the road, which makes it harder. It's always favors the home team when you have these short turnarounds. Um, Keenan, real quick, memories of Memphis. Uh, first game in the American Athletic Conference against Memphis at the Liberty Bowl, and Navy pulled a, a shocker, a big upset victory. Uh, did you get the touchdown record in that? I think you were on the verge, but you didn't end up getting it because I remember you had a lot of family had come from um, over Nashville way over to Memphis to for the game. But do you remember that game, uh, your senior season at Memphis in the Liberty Bowl? Oh, yeah. How can I forget? Everybody was shocked but us. Um, again, like 
like we talked about last week when I was talking about SMU, like the, my mindset was like these dudes not even that they not they're not gonna stop us. Like that's how I felt about it. When we, we went into that game, I was like, they're not gonna shut us down on offense. And if we score enough, we'll win. So uh we were we were confident on offense. We knew that they were really good on at, at quarterback that year with Paxton Lynch. And we knew like, hey, we gotta outscore these guys. So we did what we had to do. Um I did have a bunch of family there, did not break the, the touchdown record. Um for whatever reason, my senior year, I went like three games without a rushing touchdown. It was pretty crazy. Like I could not get a rushing touchdown. I had passing touchdowns in every game, but could not get a rushing touchdown. Um, and that game was uh, we were putting it away on a goal line, had a QB sneak call, and they literally put like ten people <laughs> like in the box trying to stop the sneak. It was like y'all, you're not about to break this record on us. So then I just checked the play and we ran a toss. And I remember scored. that. So yep, yep. Uh, end up getting it the next week. So it's all good. But yeah, that was a good time. Um, it was a great atmosphere until we started beating up on them and everybody started leaving. Well, so the story on Memphis guys, they, they score a lot of points. They give up a lot of points. I mean, they beat, they beat Arkansas state 55, 50 uh, Mississippi state. They won 31, 29 uh, lost to UTSA, which is a bit of a surprise. Memphis losing to UTSA. Um, 31-28, lost to Temple, 34-31, and then just lost to Tulsa, 35-29. So they started 3-0, and and now they've lost three in a row, and that's interesting to me, and the points allowed is interesting to me. Um, they do have an explosive offense, as Memphis always does. They rank uh, 11th nationally in passing offense and 11th nationally in total offense. they got a freshman quarterback, a true freshman quarterback. It's odd. This will be the second time – in three games, that Navy faces a true freshman quarterback, Seth Hennigan. He's uh, he's having a good season. He's thrown for almost two thousand yards. Uh, Eric, tell us your thoughts about Navy at Memphis. Can Navy go in there and pull this one off on Thursday night in front of a national television audience on ESPN? You know, I, I hope so. Um, you know, when you go through those numbers, right? You know, Memphis and Temple and stuff. I watched Temple versus Cincinnati. They did not look at it at all, or, or Cincinnati is that that good, you know. They I are, think Cincinnati know. might be that good. I, I think they're that good too. Their their offense is explosive, and they had no shot no matter what. Um, so, I think it's gonna be a close game. I think you know, especially both teams in a short week. Um, hopefully, it's a a low scoring game, and our defense can can step up to the challenge, and offense can, can finally get you know back on. Um, something on the side note, I was actually talking to somebody at the game about recruiting and, and the players and fullbacks, especially. So when I was playing and, and Keenan could probably, you know, same thing with him is, you know, if, if you're a fullback and you don't score before you get to the five yard line, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're laughing. You know what I'm going to say? It's not funny, but it is funny. So the, the rule, right, cool. yeah, the rule, whatever it is, is if you're, if you don't score before the five yard line as a fullback, you know, you're probably not going to get the ball again. That's your fault. Um, so, A backs, you know, quarterbacks, especially, you know, Keenan, Ricky Dobbs, Kaipo, guys like that, you know, tons of touchdowns. But the point that I'm making is, is I was told that Coach Munkin is using that against us. He is using that against us in the recruiting world. And he's telling these big fullbacks, big running backs, don't, oh, go, to, wow. don't, go, to, don't go to Navy. Because they won't let you score on the goal line. You, they won't let you score on the goal line. Go, come to our school. We'll give you the ball, and they I, they actually give the ball to fullbacks in the goal line. And I think the recruiting the, the guys are getting 
I'm not sure the same caliber of what they're doing, but that's one of the tactics he's using. So I got a little huh. inside scoop. That is that's very crazy. That's some hey. good data. Hey, it, hey. was, um, it was almost got to be laughable and – you know, everyone for those listeners who don't know Keenan. Oh, it's not funny. I know. I know. It's not, it's not no, funny. No. I block every time. I, um, but Keenan, I could have, I could have forty touchdowns. I like. I like twenty. The, for the listeners that don't know, Keenan holds the football bowl subdivision record for most rushing touchdowns by any player. Um, but it was laughable. Who was it that kept falling down? Noah that Copeland. Was, that's Copeland. No, that's Copeland. We used to laugh. Yeah. We had a running, we had a running joke that his whole all four years, just like, and I, I just be like, you better not get tackled, or I'd like make fun of him if he did get tackled, and we were in a huddle, and you know, I, I was so I remember so many times inside the five, I'm like, all right, there's no touchdown for me, but hey, that's that's a little, a little thing I was told. So that's, that's interesting. That's a good little bit of intel there. Uh, Navy yeah. needs to counteract that. Um, guys, they have one of the most explosive offensive players in the country, Memphis does. Senior wide receiver Calvin Austin. He's also a returner, so special teams, punt return, kick return. <laughs> this guy can go. He's a All-American sprinter for the Memphis track and field team. And he has got the Jets. And he is second nationally in all-purpose yards, 162 per game, and receiving yards. 139 a game. I mean, this guy's averaging 139 receiving yards per game. So obviously, I think we know who we need to lock up defensively. Um, just, I mean, is this a, another this this Newberry voodoo with the three safety alignment work again and hold another potent offense to a low number to give the offense a chance to win this game? We just got to create turnovers. I don't think. I don't think. We're going to shut them down where they're, you know, low scoring. Um, and that's no that's no shade on our defense. I'm just being speaking in reality like that. That's a real possibility that they're going to score. Um, the key would be the turnover margin. And then on offense, we have we have to capitalize on every opportunity. And then, I mean, pretty much you could just say defense. Y'all play like you've been playing. Everybody else do the opposite of what you did on Saturday. Don't give up a touchdown on special teams and don't absolutely, you know, fiddle away on offense in the second half. So, I mean, I think a defense is going to show up. I think, you know, they're going to be big plays. They're going to be conversions. I think if we can get rid of the, the stopped on one play touchdowns, that has to stop. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, you know, it took, them, it took them three plays last or, or the four play. But listen, no one play touchdowns. Let's make them actually go to the field. If they score, they score. But let's not give them no cheap stuff where it's like, come on, you know, let's not give them cheap stuff for being out of position or eyes in the wrong spot. So, Eric, you mentioned Cincinnati, which is up to three in the, in the latest AP poll. Yeah, um, they come to Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium the following Saturday. So Navy is now one and four, and they go to Memphis for this Thursday night game. Then they come back, and it's Cincy. And let's be honest, guys, that's going to be a tough ask to beat Cincy. Which you know they're they're putting themselves in position to possibly make the college football playoffs. So how important is this game for Navy? I mean, you got to get a win. Yeah, it's uh you know we say it every week. It's a must win. Um, you know our, our record could be different. You know, it could be different by just a few plays, and that's football. You know, that's that's why you know Navy is you know say like we have to capitalize and not make the mistakes. I 
and make those big, you know, big plays, especially because, you know, we can't, you know, endure those big plays. So I think we're going to win. I think we're going to beat Memphis, you know, easy. I have a feeling it's going to happen. I'm telling you. They, they throw the ball 57 times a game. We're going to, something's going to happen. We're going to stop it. We're going to, we're going to show up and then we're going to be ready for Cincinnati. I'm not going to say anything with Cincinnati because Cincinnati is a very, very, <laughs> very good team. But, you know, I've seen crazier things happen. And so, Bill, question. You probably yes, know sir. this. What is the highest ranked team that Navy has beaten? It was in I 1984, Navy upset South Carolina when they had the famous tailback George Rogers. Um, and it was at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. To my knowledge, uh, the Houston was six or five, I want to say, a few okay. years back when uh, Navy beat them on the home field. But my my recollection is the most recent upset. And, again, back years ago they were t- playing teams in the 60s. They played teams that ranked one, two, and all that. But in yeah. recent history, recent it was history. Uh, the 70s with uh, beating George Rogers in South Carolina when they were fourth. Because this is the, probably the highest-ranked team. If, if Cincinnati goes, you know, three or two, that might be the highest-ranked team we'll, we'll play in, you know, modern-day history. Yeah, so yeah, no, it's a yeah. huge opportunity. Um, well, I like the fact that, that Memphis looks like they're bad on defense, and let's just hope the Navy offense gets its act together, can hold the ball, long punishing drives, keep that Memphis offense off the field. Guys, another great pod. Always enjoy being with you. We thank Chris Cervello, our producer on the other side of the glass, and – I guess we always do give Chris a quick chance to ask a question of the guys. Anything you got for Keenan and Eric? The only question either um, coming out of the SMU game or going into Memphis, uh, and Keenan, you talked a little bit about it. How much help can the quarterback get from the sideline when it's obvious they're not making those reads, right? I mean, is that – because I heard a lot of that from fans. Hey, are we being outcoached or why aren't they doing things different? I mean, that that really is on his shoulders, right? I mean, there's not a lot you can do. The only alternative is to call plays that he doesn't have to read on, but that also limits your functionality as an offense if you can't run what what we do, right? If you can't read the triple, then you can't play. So he has to read the triple. And like I said, it – I mean, if you ask Coach Jasper, he'll tell you Ricky job, Ricky, Ricky could not read to save his life running the triple option. So they find ways to get it done. Um, and I'm sure they'll find Ricky, ways. Ricky ran really hard, though, and he could throw the ball really well. Yeah. So, I mean, he made up for it. But I remember when I first got to Navy, like, that was like the joke. Was like, man, Ricky well, couldn't read. Actually, couldn't read pretty, nothing. No, pretty funny was you'll laugh at this. So Ricky's first game they played in because Jared Bryant got hurt was against SMU. I I had like I think six yards because he didn't give me the ball. He, legit, he missed so many. Roads. I'm, I'm like I'm like Ricky. I'm gonna start squeezing the ball. I'm gonna start taking it myself. He had like two hundred some yards just running through people, and I, it wasn't even like it wasn't even like it was so bad. It was so yeah. bad. But yeah, yeah. But I'm so, I mean, it, so quick follow up. Then what in these two days can the coaches do to help tie? kind of build on that? I mean, is this in the, you know, is this scrimmaging? Is it looking at video or is this just, it's got to happen in the game? It's it's live reps. One, two, every team's different. Some teams may not play that way. Um, maybe you just, you keep, you, you could be cognizant depending on what look they'll get, right? So it's really not that, uh, an, odd, uh, an odd front is much tougher to read than an even front. So if Memphis is an even team, 
then that would be a, it's a completely different game plan, completely different scenario, much, much easier to read. Um, there's a specific stunt that we look for in even fronts that everybody runs. So that's something that you have to be aware of. But I mean, you know, everybody misses reads. I missed many in my career. It's just a matter of, you know, fighting through it, finding ways to get through it. Um, we used to do stuff where we would cut the read key. Um, and we, so we couldn't, if we couldn't figure it out, we'd cut them and then pitch it off the next guy. But the problem is when you, when you, when you sacrifice a blocker to do that, somebody's free in the secondary. And so you're limited on your scope of options. So you need to have that fullback dive dimensionality in your offense that you need to be able to run it and read it very well. So we'll see. I think, I think more game reps, um, just more time in the saddle will be, will be beneficial for Ty going forward. Yeah, that's what Navy actually started just having the fullback block the dive key since Ty was having so much trouble reading it. But that takes out that defeats the whole purpose of the triple option when the fullback's already assigned to block the read key. So, all right, fellas, great pod. We'll be back next week. We'll wrap up the Memphis game and we'll look ahead to that Cincinnati game. Thanks a lot for everyone for listening to the Believe in Navy Football podcast, sponsored by betonline.com. We'll be with you next week. Thanks a lot. If you're a fan of the Believe in Navy Football podcast, be sure to check out Sing Second Sports wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Several times a week, special guest Bill Wagner, along with host John Schofield and Ward Carroll, help you stay up to date with the latest in Naval Academy sports news as they dive into the physical mission of the Naval Academy and look at varsity sports, club sports, and intramurals at the Naval Academy. So be sure to check out Sing Second Sports.